Welcome to Insights on Responsible Business, a podcast about organizations building trust, security, and resilience to thrive in a new era of uncertainty and stakeholder capitalism. Listen to business leaders discuss their challenges and experiences in becoming more responsible businesses towards an outcome that is better for all stakeholders, better for the long-term shareholder value, and better for society as a whole. Our host is Sir Rob Wainwright, formerly head of Europol with experience coordinating global operations against cyber, criminal, and terrorist networks, and now a senior partner of Deloitte and Cyber Risk. And our special guest today is Simona Palpmans. Simona is General Counsel for Unilever Benelux, which consists of the local operating go-to market companies putting Unilever products on the market in the Netherlands, Belgium, and Luxembourg. She leads the legal remit of Unilever's sustainable living program in these countries. Using a high moral compass has shaped the role of the legal function in Unilever from first asking themselves, can we do it legally? To the question, should we do it? A warm welcome to you, Robin Simone. Thank you, Rodney. Welcome, listeners. And Simone, thank you for, for joining us in this episode of the podcast. You're very, very welcome. Now, we're going to dive today into the world of Unilever and what it takes in these fast-moving times of the COVID crisis for the fast-moving consumer goods industry to operate and grow as a responsible business. Now, it seems to me Unilever stands pretty tall in its reputation for being a responsible business. Its sustainability agenda is very well known. Some companies, I think, have rather jumped on the bandwagon of this new business ideal only recently, but I think that's a little different for Unilever. It seems to have been a part of your DNA, your corporate fabric, for a very long time. Is that so, Simona? Could you explain how sustainability, how responsible business agenda has become a part of Unilever over the years? Well, thank you, Rob, and thanks for inviting me to talk with you about doing business responsibly within Unilever. Um, well, I, can th- I think we can go back to our roots because in 1885, William Lever founded the soap company Lever Brothers, which in 1930 merged with the Margarine Union to form Unilever. And both these men had responsible business in their DNA as they founded the companies in order to serve the consumer with affordable food and better hygiene in a time where this was not available and affordable for most of the consumers. And as long as I'm working for Unilever, which is almost 21 years already, we conduct business based on our code of business principles. No matter what type of risk we want to take, This code of business principles leads us. It is an ethical way of doing business, and we really see that as our compass. And as the the legal counsel, it seems to me that having a strong moral compass, you know, handed down over the decades, I'm sure you're very proud to have it in in, in the company, and rightly so. You're the legal counsel, at least in part of the business. Mm -hmm. What does that moral compass mean to you in your your day-to-day work? Um, Yeah, so I think we all live the code within Unilever, um, but having business integrity also in my remit, I see myself 
as one of the leaders in this area. Um, and we, um, we also see ourselves of the as the guardian of our compass and the code of business principles. So um, actually, over the years, um, from being indeed a legal counsel, and that's how you enter the, the, the company, you move into a role where both ethics and, and our code of business principles goes hand in hand with the legal advice that we give. So let me just bring it back right down to the current time. What does that mean today? We're living through this extraordinary time. It's impacting, of course, uh, all our companies and all of us. Um, what? How? How is that code of conduct, that compass, moral compass, how has that guided the way that Unilever has responded to the COVID crisis? Um, well, I think I think what we what we see that is that our code of business principles and the way we operate as a as a legal function is we set the guardrails and we ensure that our teams understand how they can operate. So we provide them with what we call the freedom within a framework. We really uh, look together with the business on what do they need to continue operating in a changing framework. So the business has been changing uh, right now in the last, say, six weeks, two Absolutely. months. What, what have yeah. Unilever done to, to help in the COVID crisis? What have you seen? So as the world's largest soap company, we have a social and moral obligation to make soap and other Unilever products better available worldwide. And our CEO has committed to provide free products to the value of 1 million euro euros um, and part of that is being um, being done locally um, so either on a national level or even on a smaller level for our communities but we also work together with the COVID action platform of the World Economic Forum and what we do is we uh, enable all our businesses to uh, reach out to their to their countries to their authorities to their governments and see what is needed um, and and I think that is also enabling our our businesses to lend a helping hand and use all their cre creativity to um, to engage with the ones that that need our help at the moment. Well, we've all been hearing, of course, during this time about the importance of washing your hands. So I guess we do need more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it sounds like a small thing, but actually, we do need more soap products, other kinds of sanitation. I guess other popular brands of of that Unilever, including uh, shampoo, including ice creams. I mean, all of these are part of keeping the shelves stacked on, on supermarkets right now. So I guess you've had to increase the delivery um, of, of your supply chains and increase even the volumes. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So we, we were, of course, faced with, with closure of some of our factories and with closure of, of borders. Uh, whereas at the other um, hand, uh, the, the, the demands for these products are much higher than before. So we have looked into possibilities to, um, uh, to export from, from countries where we have these products and where we produce them into the countries where we don't produce these these type of products, but also um, we have looked into possibilities to ensure that some of our factories were able to start producing these type of products for which the demands are, are very high at the moment. So we have trans transformed, for example, a, a factory in 
Germany, uh, which was producing personal care products already, but now is now totally focusing on hand sanitation. That said, I think if you're in the business of trying to scale up the production and delivery against, you know, very strong rising consumer demand, strong maybe government expectations as well, you're doing it in a cross-border way, bringing back to your your job as legal counsel, you know, the, mm-hmm. you're having to deal with regulations. Sometimes regulations will get in the way of that. And we've seen maybe many governments struggle to, with the supply, for example, of PPE equipment to hospitals right now. So the logistical challenges involved are are not small. And so it, just bringing you back to, you know, your code of business content, making sure that you operate these guardrails that you talk about, Simona, you must, there must be some pressure on you to kind of be a little bit flexible on these guardrails right mm. now, just <laughs> in this important time, just to get that supply moving. Isn't that right? Um, yes, that's right. Um, and I think our prime minister said it in a, in a very clear way. Um, this is a crisis where you need to take 100% of the decisions with 50% of the knowledge. Um, but I think that um, our code of business principles helps everyone in the company to understand that that is the one that we need to follow. Um, and I don't need to do an in-depth legal analysis in these times for each and every initiative. But I do want them to come to us so that we can conduct a uh, what we call a legal sense check. So that, again, we can set the guardrails so that they know exactly what the freedom in a maybe changing framework is. Um, so, so that is the role that we see in our team is we have adapted um, our approach in such a way that we prioritize different work at the moment. We need to ensure that all of this can proceed. So the way we work with the teams is that they can uh, come to us um, with all the ideas they have and we will ensure that we do a quick check. We can do it lo- uh, internally, locally, uh, or we reach out to our central legal teams. We have so many knowledge in the company, but we also have a very good, flexible a team uh, of external supporters where we can also reach out for such a quick check. Yeah, so I suppose it's you know obviously going beyond the traditional image of the lawyer in every company is the person mm-hmm. who always says no and stops things from happening and trying, of course, to get to the point where they're enabling the business, of course. And, and, and you're doing that, I'm hearing from you, in a way where, you, you know, you take this very, these important principles of, uh, that define the character of Unilever around responsible uh, business to to make sure that even in these pressing times we still stick with that because actually now is the time I, I suppose that you you have to still deliver on those principles because it's not just the right thing to do it's probably the most effective thing that you can still do to stay operating within those guardrails um, and that's been my experience. Um, have you? Is that are you? Do you feel that you're part of the team that you're working with you know, your 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 operational colleagues in in that sort of joined up way, or is there some internal tension around these issues? Well, of course there is is internal tension, but that's also good because that uh, often leads to a better result. And um, I'm a board member of the the, the Benelux, um, so 
we really do this with the 12 people that we are on the board. We're really doing this together. Um, and we reach out to each other via all kinds of different means. Um, but we also understand that it is sometimes um, not possible to reach out upfront. Uh, but by keeping each other informed, we are also able to ensure that if needed, we, um, we guide them a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. But again, uh, in our business, we know we know what the, the, the principles are. So uh, stretching a little bit to the left or to the right is, is perfectly fine uh, as long as we're really open about it and we ensure um, that we involve the people. Let me take us on to another subject, the world of data. Um where we've seen great advancements, of course, for example, in the use of consumer data, you know, to improve, in your case, or case of your industry, to improve the identification of consumer trends that can allow you to tailor your products um, and, and your marketing, of course. Now, you talk about stretching things to the left and the right. We've seen also um, in, in parts of, of the business world how the, the use of data has certainly been stretched this way and that way. And in some, you know, to some people, far beyond. There's a danger. We're moving to an era, as someone has called it, of surveillance capitalism, this unrestrained use of data. I just wonder how much of that is a relevant part of, of your job, but also the way in which Unilever sticks within its, its core principles. Yeah, and, and I think that that is a very... Um relevant question um, at this moment and, and, and something that uh, has our attention, uh, well, today, but uh, will need our attention in the coming uh, years, probably. But I think we are in a, in a fortunate position because we already started to consider um, the ethical side, um, but also, of course, forced by, by all the privacy legislation of gathering of data two years ago. Um, because that was the time when, when Unilever in the Netherlands decided that they wanted to be more active in, uh, in, in collecting personal data. And at that time, uh, we said it is very important that we consider all the relevant aspects in a cross-functional team. So I was the first country within uh, Unilever to set up a cross-functional privacy committee. Um, and that committee meets bi-weekly. And in that meeting, we discuss uh, different aspects of collecting data. So it is, of course, what does the GDPR, uh, the legislation, forces us to, to, uh, to take care of internally? How do we organize ourselves? How do we advise the business? But we also said, before we decide whether we can collect this, these data, we should ask ourselves, do we really want to collect data in this way or this amount of data, the different types of data? So I think to, in, yeah. that's a, I'm, I'm cutting in because I think that's a very important point that I've seen in other industries. What you're just talking about is the idea, this principle of proportionality, that just because we have the technical technological capability and maybe part of a business agenda to collect enormous amounts of data doesn't mean we have to use all of it. And and so I'm I'm heartened in a way to hear that in in an in an one industry that depends so much on 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 data 
transformation that, that you, you are you are operating within your own guardrails, I guess, for the kind of data that that you need. I suppose inevitably, again, there will be tensions here with your marketing teams, with the teams involved in technical te- technological innovation. Um, but again, is it is it something in terms of the idea of having digital ethics maybe as part now of the culture of the DNA in which the organization works in this modern digital age is that something that you're seeing going beyond just just the legal footprint but to something that is about the culture as well so yes um it 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 took a while for i think the whole business to realize that um the ethical side of gathering data is 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 really important um and and in order to ensure that everyone understands and and really considers these elements we have created a a what we call privacy by design process which consists of of various steps but the first step is an ethical check so one of the questions that that the the teams must answer is are you able and are you fine with explaining this initiative to the daily news if they would um, step on, on our door so data ethics really at the heart of the way you're running your business is that is that the case right now during this this covid crisis um, yes it it remains as important or even more important um, we we see there is of course a change in consumer demand a lot of people now um, relying on online uh, sales online purchases and and i think there are so many opportunities now to to gather more relevant data but um, if we would now um, use these changing consumer demands uh, and and collect their data in a way that we cannot explain cannot justify i think that would not be in line with what our guiding principles are at this very moment well that's a great way to end thank you simone for for being our, our guest today and in this time of the covid crisis the list of industries that form part of our critical national infrastructure has been expanded to include those, for example, that are responsible for keeping food and health products flowing amid changing consumer demand. And companies like Unilever now hold a greater importance for consumers and for society. That places great business pressures on such companies, as we've been hearing, on their supply chains and in other areas and their use of data And they have to respond with speed and flexibility. But as we've heard today from Simona, that does not have to come at the cost of diluting core ethical principles that define the character of a company. And if anything, the harnessing of those values helps to optimise performance at this critical time, including through the smart use of consumer data. So for Unilever and for companies everywhere, Now is the time for responsible business. Thanks for listening to another episode of Insights on Responsible Business. Hope you enjoyed it and that you'll tune in to our next episode. Review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, or whatever popular podcast app you're using. And find out more on Deloitte.nl. We'll see you in our next episode.